Thank you, Ruth, and good afternoon, everybody. We, um, before Christmas, had a uh, sermon series on the letter of James, and James chapter 5 invites us to confess our sins to one another so that we may be healed. So I thought we'd begin today on this passage by turning to a neighbor. I'm kidding. I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to invite us to uh, turn to a neighbor and discuss sexual immorality. What I do want to discuss is desire and how desires may master us and what may enable us to master our desires or rather what may enable us to let the true master become master of our desires. Rick Warren has highlighted some of the common temptations that we face as Christians in terms of lusts. Uh, overwhelming desires to possess something, to get something from something or someone, something that brings pleasure or temp- satisfaction, or at least something that offers supposed pleasure and satisfaction, but in fact does not. He helpfully recognizes that lust may be broader than what we have sometimes thought it. He describes the lust of the flesh which can be for food or for drink or for physical experiences even. You think of adrenaline junkies who go base jumping and things like that. Uh, Physical experiences including but not limited to sex. He talks about the lust of the flesh. He talks about the lust of the eyes, greed, the, the need to possess and accumulate and acquire and dominate and hoard. And he talks also about the lust of the heart, to have status and power in the world, to make ourselves God, Lord, Master and Commander of our little realm. The antidotes he suggests to these three are first, integrity as the antidote to the lust of the flesh. Second, generosity as the antidote to the lust of the eyes. That's the antidote to greed, generosity. And humility as the antidote to the lust of the heart. But he helpfully comments on the lust of the flesh that it's not just about sex. It can also be about food, drink, experiences, comforts, the things that we crave to bring us some temporary satisfaction. Now, it's not that these things are bad in and of themselves. It's the belief that these things can bring us wholeness, satisfaction, and completion in and of themselves, which makes them become hollow and empty to us. So if integrity is the antidote to the loss of the flesh, what is integrity? Integrity is simply the ability to live an integrated life before the Lord, where we recognize that our needs and our desires are met and satisfied completely only in him, that all other things must take their rightful place under him. It's the capacity to allow Jesus to be Lord of our lives 24-7, 365 days a year, not fragmenting and compartmentalizing parts of our lives so that you know between the hours of 10 and 12 at night when I'm alone I have somebody else or something else which is lord of my life be it a tv box set or facebook or comfort food or pornography whatever it might be it's knowing that every minute of every waking hour is lived under the lordship of jesus christ and all other things take their rightful place under him. So how do we master our desires, or are our desires masters of us? Desires are important. They motivate and they drive us. As we grow in Christian life, we 
hope to become more skilled in reflecting on our desires, reflecting on what motivates us, why we do what we do, why we are the way we are, and then help those things to find their proper place in relation to God. Tim Keller observes that we cannot simply make a desire diminish. If there is a desire which is exercising mastery over us, we can't just tell it to have less influence on us. We cannot just kind of squeeze it into a box. It will always try and break three. Tim Keller suggests that the only way that desires diminish is when they are reduced in relation to a greater desire. Desires are put in proportion by greater desires. Martin Luther uh, wrote about this passage. Oh, I was going to give you a quote, but it's just a bit here. It's Martin Luther wrote that a Christian is the most free lord of all and subject to none, and that a Christian is the most dutiful servant of all and subject to all. Well, how can both these things be true? If we have perfect liberty and perfect freedom, and yet we also are called to be the most dutiful subjects and servants of all, how do we hold together our liberty in life with this desire for God to be our supreme ruler? And this, I think, is what's at the heart of this passage in 1 Corinthians 6. Everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. Yes, you have liberty, but does that mean that you should pursue that, indulge it, follow it? Or should we seek rather for God to be Lord of our bodies, not any other desire? How do we hold together our liberty in life with our desire for God to be our supreme ruler? In Christian life, we will not progress much by seeking ever greater mastery of our lusts and desires, whether that's food, sex, money, or status. Rather, it's as we ourselves become subject to God's rule and as we humbly ask him to be our first desire that all other desires find their rightful place and proportion in relation to him. Now, don't mishear me, that's not to diminish the place of some simple disciplines. We can learn to say no to things which we know to be bad for us, and that can be sensible and beneficial. One of the great um, joys of the, the practice of fasting is that we are set free by fasting from the desires which exert, which exert pressure on us. Fasting allows us to say, to acknowledge and recognize, yes, I, I do have a craving for that snack or that habit or that comfort, but I need not be mastered by that. And my fast has enabled me, has enabled me to be set free from that. So some simple discipline is absolutely fine. But we must remember that beyond discipline lies desire. And I believe that it's going to be our time in the presence of God, doing what we've just done, worshipping, proclaiming with our mouths that Christ is enough for me, engaging in that simple pursuit of all that God is, all that he is to us, meditating on his goodness and his mercy, which will allow him to become our overwhelming desire. We are overwhelmed by many things in life. Wouldn't it be wonderful to be overwhelmed by our desire for God so that in him all other things would find their rightful place.